With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Welcome back into the 11 o'clock hour we go. We're going to head to Vegas. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com, about 1120. And then our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News will take a look back at last night's playoff rankings announcement in college football. Right now, it's time to talk to Cappy. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. A lot of ground to cover. Cap, good to speak with you. How are you this morning, David Kaplan? All is well. I don't have any breaking. We, uh, we're ready to talk sports. Indeed. Uh, you know, we'll get to the Bulls in a second. I know that upset you a little bit on, uh, on Twitter last night, but I want to start with, you know, what should be upsetting, and I'm assuming it is the entire, uh, city of Chicago, and that's the Bears and another loss and another head scratching. Certainly the first half with nine total yards of offense. Most thought that Chase Daniels, a lot of people anyways, thought Chase Daniels was going to get the call in the second half, but Nagy stuck with his quarterback Trubisky made it a little bit closer but boy cap things are not well in Bears land no things are not well but I wouldn't have gone to Chase Daniel either it's amazing all you have to do is slap the name backup quarterback on any of the three of us and everybody's like I'd go to that guy (laughs) and Chase Daniel put up zero points in the first half against the Oakland Raiders zero he's not a very good football player he's a highly paid glorified assistant coach that's what he is. Can he go out and make a few throws? Yeah. Holly freaking you, Louia. You don't get extra credit, I tell my kids, for not doing drugs. <laughs> I mean, he's not a great football player. He's not. That doesn't mean Mitchell Trubisky is either. So they've got to figure this thing out after this season because there's no way to fix it right now. So I'd play Mitchell Trubisky, too. Because at the end of the year, I have to know without a shadow of a doubt, a thousand percent either he's in or he's out first half of the game was a disaster of course the first drive bears still have not been able to do anything with the first drive of the football game Nagy, i i understand this guy that we saw a year ago it just it seems so different is it as simple as the quarterback or how much deeper does the offensive woes go in your mind uh i think that if you had a better quarterback you certainly, certainly would have, you know, a little bit better productivity. But it's not all on Mitch. Like Olin Krutz, who you guys know I've yep. referenced mm-hmm. him many times. I love Olin. Olin tweeted yesterday that he didn't put one play in the first half of Mitchell Trubisky. Mm-hmm. He said he had no chance. The line was horrific. So you got a bad quarterback, you got a bad offensive line. That's a dangerous combination. Then you have some bad play calling 
that makes it even worse. Seems as though Nagy has settled on uh, former Cyclone David Montgomery. Uh, he's finally going to get the workload that most feel that uh, should have been coming his way. Uh, 14 carries. He didn't, didn't do a ton of damage on the ground. He certainly did when he caught some balls out of the backfield. Is Montgomery the guy going forward, Cappy, in your mind? Yeah, he has to be. You traded up to get him. I think he's a good football player. You know, as bad as that offense was last week, you have a screen pass to David Montgomery with a lot of green grass in front of him. If he doesn't drop that last yeah, they might have won that game 21-19. Mm-hmm. They might have. That might have taken it pretty far down the road, and they should have been able to get that done. But it's going to happen. You're going to have drop passes, and when that happens, uh, that ends up costing you a football game. But they were not good by any stretch of the imagination. A year ago, Cappy, we saw with Jacksonville, after making that run to the AFC Championship game, Bortles could never get it figured out. And after a while, even as good as and talented as the defense was, it felt like the team checked up. Are we heading that direction, even with all the talent on the defense, that just as a whole, this team's uh, ready to check out? And it's November. They're ready to cash in their chips and call it a season. Uh, look, they, I think they're not stupid. They look and go, three and five, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Do they privately think we're done? Maybe. But, like, Brian Erlacher was on with Waddle and Sylvie here, and I talked to Alex Brown three times a week, and Alex was on with us as well, and he said in 2005, the Bears offense averaged 14.1 points if you take the defensive scores out. (laughs) 14.1. He goes, that meant every week we had a whole team for less than 14 points to have a chance to win a football game. And he said, guys started to complain. Rex is this, the offense is that. And he said, Brian got the the defense together and said, okay, listen, blankety blank, I don't want to hear one more word about Rex, the offense, the play calling, whatever it is. If they turn it over at our own 10, then stop them for three downs and block the kick. If they take the ball down and don't score, then find a way to make a stop and maybe try and score. It's not on them. It's on us. And when we go out there to do our job, I don't want to hear the offense let us down and we're tired and we have to play too many plays. He said, you're a professional defensive football player. Do your job and shut your mouth. Hmm. He goes, and from that point on, he goes, all of a sudden, like a light switch flipped and the Bears started playing better with, I think they went to Kyle Orton. And while they didn't have great offense, they found a way to win football games. Uh, David Kaplan is our guest in Cherry and Stone of Iowa makes it possible. All right, so Cap, let's fast forward, and the season has come to its end. Uh, they've gone to Minnesota, and the season's over. Trubisky, the decision, it's decision time for him. Do they keep him one more year knowing that they're going to bring somebody in, a veteran? I know Cam Newton's the name that everybody's floating, a lot of people floating out there. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But is a, a veteran not named Chase Daniels to push Trubisky, or do they go back to the draft and try Try and find a quarterback uh, by using that method again. Yes, all of the above. <laughs> okay. I think what's going to happen is they're going to use one of those picks in the second round and draft a quarterback that they like if he's on the board. They're not going to force it, mm-hmm. but they're going to do all they can to find a quarterback there and develop that guy with the hope that he doesn't have to play as a rookie and then go sign a veteran as well. And I don't mean a glorified assistant coach. I'm talking about a competent player. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody, who, um, one of my college roommates, who's a scout in the NFL. He said, 
Mariota's a great kid. Mariota's got great athleticism, but he said he doesn't have great arm strength. And in no. this climate, he may look really good in September, October, but he won't in late November, December, January, because he doesn't have the arm strength to deal with the winds at Soldier Field. He goes, I wouldn't make that move. They may, but he wouldn't. Um, he said, Cam Newton, he's not the greatest teammate. He's not horrible. He said, I don't know the extent of the damage to his shoulder, to his foot, but he said if he wants to play in Nagy's system, he's a great fit if healthy. He goes, that's if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, then all bets are off. So he said, you got some options out there. Nick Foles may be available. There may be a few guys out there. If they choose to go down that road, I think you'll see this offseason, some competent veteran come in to compete for the job. I don't believe it'll be Teddy Bridgewater because I think you'd have to overpay to get him, and I don't think he's an overpay guy that, that's worth it. I think he's a good player, not a great one. And then you'll see a draft pick in there as well. The room will change dramatically. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. Cap, one more on the Bears, then we'll get Bulls and uh, Cubs in here. We'll let you go. Um, you know, there was Khalil Mack, I think, was the most vocal. He was, you know, he pointing fingers at the Eagles that, you know, they were cheating and they were causing us to jump offside. How did that go over in Chicago? One of the league's best defensive players making excuses. Yeah, people thought that was ridiculous. I mean, really ridiculous. Okay. So Jason Kelsey was able to get an advantage. Good for Jason Kelsey. You know what? Don't jump off offside. And how about making some more plays? Khalil Mack's image in our town is of an elite defender not having a great year. And just he's just not. Like last year, 12-4, and four, he could do no wrong. This year, at 3-5, and five, his image has taken a bit of a beating both on and off the field. Uh, let's get to the Cubs cap. I believe you had Theo Epstein earlier this week, or certainly within uh, since we've spoken with you. Uh, what what did you learn, uh, pursue, if anything, pursuant to the offseason plan? They're starting to, you know, to uh, to make some moves, some roster changes. Cole Hamill's not coming back. Moore's not coming back. Those to we were be to be expected. But what did you learn from uh, Theo Epstein? Uh, from Theo Epstein, I think. Everything is on the table. Everything. I mean, I really believe... Garrett Cole? going to go... No, absolutely not. I think they're going to take a step back. Uh, I really believe, and he, while well, he didn't say it in listening to him, they're cutting payroll. Mm. I think they're... Not dramatically. They're still always going to be, you know, one of the five big spenders in the game. But they're not going after Garrett Cole. They're not going after Madison Bumgarner. They're not going after Anthony Rendon. They're not pushing their chips in and going, we can win it. We can win it right now. Let's go get a good starter, a good two bullpen arms, and a good outfielder. I don't believe that. I think they're going to go to their main guys. I'm talking about leave Rizzo to the side. Contreras, Bryant, Baez, Schwarber. They're going to go to those four. Do you want an extension? And they have gone to them, each one, in the offseason in the last two years, offered them, and I'm not talking about, hey, take a league minimum deal. Fair deals, money. And everyone has said, nah, I'm good. And they'll all play it year by year. And if they don't play ball and sign extensions this winter, anyone is on the table to get moved. Because, as he said, not going to be the Tigers. And do yourself <laughs> a favor, everyone out there, go back and look at the Tigers roster from 2014. I'll just tell you their rotation. David Price walked out as a free agent. So you got a 
compensation pick. That's it. He won the World Series in Boston. Rick Porcello, mm. he made a minor trade, didn't get a lot back, and guess what? Rick Porcello pitched in Boston. Oh, they won the World Series. Annabelle Sanchez, don't have anything to show for him. He's got a ring from the Washington Nationals. Justin Verlander, didn't get a lot back. Oh, he got a ring with the Astros. And let me not forget Max Scherzer. Right. He got a ring with the Nationals and has won multiple Cy Youngs and walked out as a free agent. That's not happening in Chicago. Theo is either going to get these guys signed or he's moving them. That rotation, absolutely nuts. Hey, Cappy, uh, a couple of uh, offers out there, non-offers that came. No qualifying offer to Cole Hamels. I don't think a big surprise would have been about $18 million in order uh, to put out that qualifying offer that Hamels more than likely would have accepted. What about Kendall uh, Graveman, a guy that was injured last year? It was $3 million. Even that, is this just simply payroll flexibility? Yep, absolutely. So that if he does want to make a purchase, he gets his number under the luxury tax because the more years that you're considered a repeater, the more punitive the penalties become. If you go way over and exceed the highest threshold, well, then you lose draft picks, and there's no way they're going to do that. So I believe they're going to get underneath that luxury tax. They're still going to spend 190 something like that, but I, I'll be very surprised if they land one of the key big-name free agents unless they move a requisite amount of money off the book. Mm. Cap, last thing for you for me anyways. Uh, Bulls uh, had an awful fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, final 12 minutes was just atrocious as the Lakers came roaring back and beat them. Uh, what, what, what was behind that, Cap? Is just just the you know, baby steps for these baby Bulls? Lakers just flexed their muscle, and the, the world's best player, LeBron James, just took over. What happened? Uh, one, LeBron and his guys took over, and the Bulls don't know how to win. And then Jim Boylan, who I like a lot, made, I thought, a really silly remark. I got to develop 15 guys. I got to get my bench, you know, developed. So I'm not just going to yank them as the game's slipping away. And I thought, you know, if you're five and one, okay, that's your philosophy. I don't agree with it, but I get it. When you are really struggling, really struggling, you got two wins, you got a chance to put down one of the NBA's elite and it's slipping away. And you don't want to call timeouts because he said, I want them to figure it out themselves. I've heard other coaches use that philosophy. That's fine. You have to change your rotation and take Luke Cornett, whoever else is not getting the job done, and get your best guys back on the floor. So I completely disagreed with Jim on that part of it. It was a frustrating start to the fourth quarter. No AD. No LeBron out there. Quinn Cook, Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, Troy Daniels, and Dwight Howard started off that fourth quarter with the run there. It, the future is certainly Wendell Carter. What about Markkanen? You mentioned the struggles there. Markkanen, is it just simply he's going through a bad stretch or something deeper? I wish I could answer that for you. I had more high hopes yeah. on Lowry Markkanen than most any I know you young did. athlete yep. in our town. Mm-hmm. And when he got 35 in the game one, I thought, boy, he didn't settle for threes. He took a few, but he went down the block and scored inside and on the move. And then the next game, I'm watching him. All he's doing is shooting threes. And I'm thinking, did you not realize what you just did? You got 35 and 17. Last night, what did he score? Nine. Yeah. He didn't look good. Um, he's been benched late in two games. Mm-hmm. One, because I heard he banged up his side. Okay, I'll give you a pass on that one. But he's supposed to be your best player and your biggest you know, asset at age 22, and he looks lousy. 
Cap, great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, David Kaplan. All the best. You guys have a great week. See you, pal. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan, uh, NBC Sports Chicago and ESPN 1000, brought to us by Centurion Stone, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Whether you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to update your exterior or interior project of any size, Centurion Stone, they've got a variety of styles, over 200 of them, 200 different color and pattern combinations. Check them out online. You can tell us about your project before you get over to see the showroom, and we highly recommend you do that. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com is coming up. Let's do it, Trent. It is time to put another $1,000 in your bull bankroll. Simply text the keyword FREEZE to 200-200 right now. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Kenny White Sports. Kenny White coming up next. Miller and Condon till noon. Bill Bender still to come. It's 1460. Rating KFCs on Grubhub. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. Until noon, Bill Bender, Sporting News. Look back at last night's college football playoff rankings. First one of the year announced last night. Right now, we can talk sports wagering. One of the best in the business. There's no doubt about that. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com, both football, college, and NFL, and now heavy into the college hoops. It's a wonderful time of season for sports fans uh, in your line of work. Uh, boy, not enough hours in the day. How, how do you kind of split up your day? Do you... I mean, focus-wise, there's college basketball seemingly every night now. We know that college football is, for the most part, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the NFL. So how do you split up your week, Kenny, when you're trying to, you know, get an edge for your customers? Holy cow, yeah. I just I just took a 10-minute nap, Ken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's this time of year. I, I Splitting up the time, yeah, it's, um, I work on one sport, and I finish the updates. I make the line. Um, and then I move on to the next sport, you know, and I, it's just, uh, you run out of time, but you just, you run out of, you, you just, I guess you, you don't get the sleep you normally should get, but it's for one month. So it's well worth it because it's so much fun yesterday when they tipped off, you know, it was great just, you know, being able to watch some college basketball and, uh, you, you sometimes I tell everybody, you got to have a feel. And yesterday would have been a great time to have a feel for two games. And you see it after the games are over. And you see, oh, my goodness, the number one team in the country again. You know, it's, they get a big head. These kids here were number one. And they, they, they think that, you know, the press, the plus, the press clippings are going to play the game for them on the court. And, you know, the same thing the other side, Duke, uh, the line moved from Duke minus four to Kansas minus two and a half. And, Duke wins the game. Uh, it, 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 sometimes it's easy this time of year. I wouldn't wouldn't recommend going against that line movement on the small board games, but on those big marquee mm-hmm. matchups when the line moves that much, the bookmaker is going to be right sixty percent of the time. 
Uh, but this is the time, and, and you well know that you can get the the bookmakers on college basketball with just so many games out there, Kenny. And you know this is this is the this is why November is so important for a lot of guys. A lot of guys, uh, the the sharps, if you will. This is their best month based on the fact that you know the bookmakers just aren't up to speed on college basketball yet. Yeah, oh my goodness, no doubt about it. It uh, this is the best time of year to play, and uh, yeah, you can uh, find some great edges. Let's get into football. It's a huge weekend here as you're trying to figure out exactly how much time to devote in, devote into everything. And I want to start with the big national game, of course. It is number one versus number two, at least according to the AP poll, not so much in the college football playoff rankings. Alabama against LSU with the questions surrounding Tua, the total in this game, 65. These two teams played twice, what, eight years ago, including for the national championship. They scored 36 combined in two games here at 65. How do you see this one? You got to cap Alabama, LSU? Yeah, this is going to be a great game. And we don't know about Tua, obviously. They're saying he's a game-time decision. or Most are saying, yes, he's going to play. But then again, you never know. Uh, this time of year, I think he's going to play, but how healthy is he going to be? He did have surgery. It's only been 16 days. Um, LSU has lost eight girl, I believe, in the series. It's a huge revenge game, and this is the best team they've had. They can finally score. They play defense. My numbers say the game should be about six. That's the right number. But my heart's saying LSU's going to pull the upset. Uh, my numbers are showing this total's a little too high. I only made the total 58. So I like the game under the total. Uh, the highest total these two have played two in the last 10 years is 54. They've gone under eight of 10 games. Uh, I'm going to go under 65. I made a parlay on this. I took six and a half and went under 65. I figure, I think it's correlated. I think if LSU was at home, it'd be LSU and over. But I think since they're on the road, I think this defense has really got to come to play, and I think it's uh, going to be LSU to the under. Now, both of the local teams have big matchups. We'll, we'll save those for next. But I wanted to get the other Big Ten uh, unbeatens, uh, uh, Penn State on the road at Minnesota. Not a lot of folks, including the playoff committee, uh, giving the Gophers any love. How do you see this game? Minnesota, they get their first test. Penn State is real good. How do you see it? <laughs> yeah, this is uh... – this is a game where this is a Minnesota team that has not seen a defense this good before. The average defense in my ratings, I, I give an offensive rating and a defensive rating. Penn State's defensive rating is 10.5 points better than the average defense Minnesota has seen so far. Uh, now, Nebraska was the best defense I thought they'd seen. They got 34 there, and the second best was San Diego State. They got 28. Those were the two lowest-scoring games. So now you're looking at a defense seven points better. I think Minnesota is going to be very fortunate if they can score 17 points. They are at home. I would think maybe they could get 20. So I think this Lion total sets up right because that's what their that's what their team total is 20. Um, my my heart's telling me Penn State's going to win the game though just because of that defense. And Sean Clifford 20 touchdowns, three ints. I think he's he's faced the far better strength of schedule so far. They have the better defense. I think the score is going to be more like 30 to 17 in this game, maybe 30 to 13, somewhere in that range. And I like Penn State, but I, I'm going to play that Minnesota team total over because I think 20 is awfully high. I just don't think they're going to get there against Penn State's defense. Iowa goes on the road this week to Wisconsin, a top 20 matchup in Camp Randall. The Hawkeyes' offense struggled against the two best defenses they've seen, and really three best defenses. You throw Iowa State in the mix with Penn State and Michigan. The Badgers, D is good. 
Their offense, though, has had some issues certainly over the last couple of weeks. By week for both teams coming in, 38th the total, 9.5 the number. Badgers, Hawks, what do you see? Yeah, that, that makes it uh, good for both defenses, that extra time to prepare, I believe. Um, some will say it's the offense. I think it's the defense and because these two teams' strength is the defense. And You mentioned Iowa, 4.6 yards of play out in 23rd in the country in yards per play allowed. 10.1 points are one of the top 10 in the country. Um, and Wisconsin, they're only allowing 3.7 yards of play, third in the country. Both teams are combined to go 12, 3, and 1 to the under. And you know what? Totals of 38 or high, 38 or lower have gone under 65% of the time in the last six years. So I'm, I'm under 38 here in this football game. Uh, lastly uh, for you, Kenny, uh, Iowa State on the road in Norman, take on Oklahoma. Uh, number open at 12.5. It's up to 14, 14.5 some places, as high as 15. Uh, how do you see Iowa State, Oklahoma? I really thought we would be talking about two 8-0 teams right now in this football game, but it uh, just didn't happen. Can't believe Iowa State has three losses this year. Uh, the Oklahoma State game was really, really a heartbreaker. You know, losing by one point to Iowa, they lost by two points at Baylor, and we know how good Baylor is now. This Iowa State team is still really good. Seven yards of play, 36 points a game, but you look on the other side, Oklahoma, 49 points a game, and 9.5 yards per play. Both teams' offense are their strengths, and uh, I think that's the way it's going to be played. I think this game goes over the total, but I give Iowa State a good chance to cover that spread. I made Iowa, um, Oklahoma 10 in the game. I think plus 14.5 some value, but I think the over is a better play uh, over the 67.5. KennyWhiteSports.com. You still got packages going on. Sign up for a year. You sign up today on November the 6th. You get it through November the 6th. Uh, basketball and football, uh, tell us about what you got going. Yeah, every, everything's there on the website. You can get a day, a week, or a month. Uh, go to KennyWhiteSports.com, and uh, you'll find uh, college football plays and college basketball plays all mixed together, Ken. So uh, we're playing both sports. You pay for one day, you get them both. you love that. We'll talk to you a week from today. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Ken. Have a great weekend. Yep, good to talk to you. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Uh, Bill Bender is going to wrap things up with us. We will get uh, back inside last night's college football playoff rankings. What did they get right? Where did they miss if they did? We'll ask Bill Bender next when Trent and I continue on Des Moines Sports Station. 14-IA-Urbandale. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Again, if you want to win tickets to see Iowa host Minnesota a week from Saturday, KXNO.com. Click the contest link. Click on the Hawkeye. Do your thing. Total points, Wisconsin, Iowa closest without going over. Whoever that person is will get two tickets to see the Gophers and the Hawks next Saturday. Bill Bender, SportingNews.com, joins the program. Big one in the MAC East tonight. It might be decided. Miami versus Ohio. Um, that's a big game, but we've got a lot of ground to cover, Bill Bender. Good to speak with you. How are you? Yeah, I'll just leave it at this. Uh, Frank Solich tonight can also become the MAC all-time wins leader. What an accomplishment for yes. who I think is one of the most underrated coaches of all time. I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, look, I hope he does it. Uh, man, I thought it was unfairly the way it ended uh, in Nebraska, obviously, and uh, good for him for um, 
you know, for making it uh, the way he's done so. And, and obviously, uh, when you win that many games, you're doing something right. Well, speaking of doing something right, I think the playoff committee did, for the most part, I, I can't poke holes in what they did last night. Maybe LSU over Ohio State. I can I can hear that argument. Strength of schedule, Ohio State better than you think. LSU, a couple of big wins. Uh, what, what was your biggest uh, criticism, I guess, of uh, the college football rankings from last night? I mean, you can put them there. or You can do Clemson over Penn State. I probably wouldn't pitch a fit there either. I think um, they're fine. Top five looks good. Minnesota might be a little low, but given that they're 8-0 and they've done their job. But, uh, yeah, I think they, they set, the, set the table so that the table can set itself when these two big games between Penn State and Ohio State and Alabama and LSU are played. You know, uh, the Big 12, certainly backers around here, not very happy with not just seeing Oklahoma behind both Pac-12 schools, but also the placing of Baylor. That was one that I also struggled with. Baylor being three slots behind an Oklahoma team that lost to Kansas State. A Kansas State team that Baylor had throttled. Help me out here with the Big 12 and your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, they can't be happy with that because it's going to make the path to the playoffs harder should either one of those teams keep winning or what I think is going to happen. I mean, right now the Pac-12 is in a decent spot because mm-hmm. if Oregon and Utah keep winning, they're going to have a conference championship game where the winner is going to have one loss. And that that team, in effect, might have a decent chance of grabbing that last playoff spot depending on what happens with LSU, Alabama, Penn State, Ohio State. They're in a better pool position than the Big 12. So no wonder they're not happy. They're probably, I don't know, Trent, um, Oklahoma's, Right there with Oregon. I think they're about even. Then I would put the other two behind them. Uh, can you make uh, the case, Bill, that if Alabama doesn't win this week, they are not going to be in the playoff? It's going to be hard because they're not, they're not going to have the strength of schedule to fall back on. I mean, you know, I think one thing that we're going to consider is Tua's health. Mm-hmm. If he were not to play, that would be interesting. But, again, I mean, a lot's got to get sorted out. You don't know what's going to happen around you. And uh, But Alabama would, I don't think they have the card that they had two years ago when they were 11-0 and and lost to Auburn because they actually had some big wins on the schedule that season. Earlier in the uh, day today, I laid out a scenario, Bill, for Ken about a pretty realistic path for two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams to make the playoff. It would take a Clemson loss, two-loss champion from the Pac-12, from the Big 12, but it's not that much of a stretch. If both Penn State and LSU lose tight games on the road, do you think that's likely? And if it happened, if that would happen, would we have change very quickly happening in college football with the playoff? It's dramatic. If LSU loses, if Alabama, now if LSU loses a close one and it's 34 to 30 and We losing, Bill. He's on his way to... That Mac game you talked about. Oh, at the is top. he? Yeah. Oh, am I here? Yeah, yeah now here. you're back. You're back now. Go ahead. All right, let me try to pull over or something. They, uh, but yeah, I think there's a chance for that to happen, and especially with these next two games. The score is going to matter. The score is going to matter for uh, uh, the Alabama LSU game. The score is going to matter for Penn State. I think the Big Ten scenario is a little harder to picture, just knowing that that the loser is. Uh, it's just going to be hard to squeeze both those Big Ten teams in there. 
Hmm. Uh, one group of five, Dave. Uh, one group of five school in line for New Year's Day a six bowl, and what a race it's going to be, Bill. I mean, the, the committee's got Cincinnati twenty, Memphis twenty one, Boise State twenty two, twenty four Navy, twenty five SMU. Boy, oh boy, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of folks going to be scoreboard watching and edge of your seat. That's going to be, you know, I, I like it. The fact that you know, there's a there's a lot of drama. Group of five as to who's going to get that one berth. Yeah, uh, there is, and you know, it opened up a little bit last week. What a game by Memphis! It was really good. By SM- yep, SMU. Um, you know, and I think Cincinnati's in a good spot. The way the Bearcats are playing, and uh, if I had to guess, I think that Group of Five bid will come out of the American Athletic Conference. It's just a matter of who. And how about Navy? Navy Notre Dame. That's suddenly a huge game next mm. week. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't, didn't even think of that one. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, uh, it's uh, as we get through this course, and the playoff is basically here. I mean, we're going to play this thing out. We're going to find out a whole lot more. Is this good for college football, the way that it's currently constructed? You know, the ACC and, and some of the issues that have come up, Florida State looking for a new coach, and on and on and on. Do you like the structure as it's set up right now as we go into this final month and so many big games still on the horizon? Yes, I do. I Me think uh, it's healthy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's- Good. I think, you know, what I took away from last night is those top five teams to me are really good teams and all deserving of being in the top four. And I include Clemson in there because of the defending national champions have taken care of their business. And it makes these November games huge. I've, I've had a big argument in the office for the last week or so where I've pitched that, in my opinion, Alabama LSU is bigger than game seven because of the stage, because of it's in the regular season. It's a better setting. Um, the one thing that makes me sound hypocritical, however, is the best sporting event I've ever watched in my life was Cubs Indians Game Seven. Hmm. But these Game of the Centuries in the regular season, they don't come around often. No. You know, there's only been five in the last thirty years. Fair point. Um, you know, Auburn's Auburn's path, Bill. Right now, they sit at eleven. I don't think that they can win the West. I mean, they're going to need a ton of help from somebody left on LSU schedule after this week. And I mean, Old Miss, Arkansas, Texas A and M. I don't think that's going to happen. But Auburn's schedule. I mean, still Georgia, and still Alabama in front of them. Gus Malzahn's done a nice job. They're sitting at eleven right now. I guess how high can Auburn get? It's just hard for a two-loss team to get there. Yeah. I mean, they, I guess they would have to win the West and Miracle in there. Beat Georgia, beat Alabama, you'd have a ton of momentum, but you obviously need some help with LSU, and I think that's going to be the sticking point there. Um, you know, and, and that's been Auburn's MO, man, a chaos team. They, they can beat a top-ten team at any time. They can lose one. I think Gus Malzahn's job is always a popular topic, and that won't change, and that's something to look forward to in November. Mm-hmm. If they lose to Georgia and Auburn, or Alabama, that would be what? All four losses against top 10 teams. Bill, last thing from me. We know you cover the Big Ten and uh, being in the area. Two big ones this weekend, of course, Penn State, Minnesota, and here locally, Iowa, Wisconsin. Your thoughts on both those matchups from the Big Ten? Well, the usual slugfest between Iowa and Wisconsin. I thought at first glance the line looked a little high. I think Wisconsin will win the game, but Iowa's got a team that can stick in there. and then It's a big game for both because if Minnesota somehow wins, against Penn State, they'll, they'll have room to lose one. And, and I think the loser of that Wisconsin-Iowa game is going to be out. So huge opportunity for all three of those Big Ten West teams, and I think we'll have a little clarity on the division. But 
how about Minnesota signing P.J. Fleck? They're mm-hmm. holding on to him, kind of beating the carousel a little bit. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State's going to be, uh, I guess the Fox crew is going to be there, which means it'll be a noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central kick for that massive game on the 23rd of November before Michigan-Ohio State. Uh, last thing, Bill, uh, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame. Look, they, they got lucky to win last week, I thought. Uh, Virginia Tech, boy, oh, boy, uh, get after the Ian Book, would you? Just let, instead of just sitting back and playing – prevent defense we know what happens there uh but do you get the sense that brian kelly's tenure at notre dame is coming to an end regardless how this season ends and is that part b to the question would that be urban meyer's preferred destination if he wants to get back to coaching and they'd have to sell that a lot notre dame would have to sell that a lot given the administration there um the brian kelly takes would have been a lot different had virginia tech won that football game last mm-hmm. week and they were able to pull out the last drive. They're still in line to get to a New Year's Day Six Bowl. It's very comparable to the Michigan discussions we have. It's a tough job, but maybe that's run its course. And that's something to keep in mind when they play Navy in a couple of these games down the stretch, because I do sense there is a little bit of Brian, Brian Kelly fatigue out there. That's certainly a, a valid point. So the Urban Meyer thing, that would be a tough sell in your mind, huh? I think it would be a tough sell. I think he's easier to sell to USC than Notre Dame. Because right. I think at USC, he could do what he wants to do, and he could do it faster. Gotcha. Bill Bender, Sporting News, SportingNews.com. Bill, enjoy the game tonight. I'm looking forward to it, as uh, a lot of college football fans are. A little action on a Wednesday night with a big, big stakes on the line. Thank you, Bill. We'll talk to you in a week's time. And No problem, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bill Bender, Sporting News. Urban Meyer, tough sell at Notre Dame. I didn't take that into consideration. USC said they've eliminated him. Now, I don't know if it's who it was that said that. They don't have an AD. Right. It's whoever's acting. Right. I'm not sure you can put He's a lot into that. He's not going to have that, no. Right. Same thing with the the Phil Fleck extension. No, uh, if they want him, they're going to come right. and get him and write it, the check. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If The buyout's more. It actually benefits Minnesota. Right. He, but he did him a favor. If he wants to take the Florida State or the USC or whatever job comes open... He still can do that. I hope he stays. I, that that narrative though that is out there. Well, they locked him up. He's not. No, no. Right. He can still leave. Right. They just got to write a bigger check to get to to, get, to pry him away from the school. Right. And guaranteed money on the back end. You like the Gophers this weekend? I can tell. No, I don't. You don't? No, I don't. No. I mean, I hope they win. I want to be like my. I picked Utah to win the Pac-12. I got a chance. Yeah. But I, I picked Texas to win the Big Twelve. I got no chance. Um. Who did I pick to win the Big Ten? Maybe, I don't even want to know who I picked to win the East in the Big Ten. But if I get this Minnesota Probably Michigan. Night, probably was Michigan. We th- when have we to take a back. peek at that notebook. I don't have to. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I think Penn State win. I just hope it's I hope Minnesota doesn't get. Because you know what it kind of reminds me of? A little bit. 2015, when everybody that outside the state of Iowa mm-hmm. and outside the Boundaries of Story County was poking holes. I don't even play. That's true. And mm-hmm. one happens. You know what? You play who the schedule says you play. They beat Pitt, who was a they did what nine and four team that year. They did. They went on the road and beat Wisconsin. Those are things that the Gophers haven't done right yet. Yet November's obviously a whole different animal, right? I mean, I think th- it was on this show last night. I think the the teams they've the Big Ten schools they've beaten are combined fifteen and twenty five. Illinois is the only one in the Big Ten that has a winning record. There you go. It's 
not exactly the who's who of college football. No, but they're about to play some of the they are. heavy heads of the Big Ten. No doubt about that. Back-to-back weeks and win tickets to see the Gophers against Iowa Kicks and O.com. Kick the, click the contest app. All right, so what are you doing tonight? Um, I mean, the MAC game... That's where I'll be. Yeah. It's, it's Mac East, but you know what it is? It's not like it's the second place team against the fifth place team. Sure. The winner of this wins the East. It's simple as that. I like the Bobcats. Do you? Lay the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Playing better. Where did Bill go to school? Miami? He, no, he went to, to Ohio. Ohio. He's like Peter King. Very gotcha. good journalism school at Ohio U. You know, I knew that because there was uh, not too long ago, they, they, maybe they do this every year. They have a big name. You know, a guy that's really achieved a lot in sports writing or sports broadcasting mm-hmm. comes back and speaks with them. And I think you might have pointed it out to me. Just um, Syracuse, of course, yeah, of course Missouri, is, sure. Ohio. Those are some of the top tier. Mm-hmm. And you'll see a lot of people, certainly in the sports realm, uh, coming out from that area. So Bill Bender, he said he's got a little luncheon type thing this afternoon, like at 2 o'clock, and then covering the game afterwards. Uh, the number's what, a touchdown? Touchdown, yeah. Not a strong, yeah. It's it's not a strong opinion. This isn't a a big play by any means. Not like last night and that over under in the uh, Wisconsin St. Mary's game. College hoops tonight. I don't have a whole lot either. Nothing. I'm watching football off the board. Yeah, yeah. College hoops can wait uh, with the big two. How about the ACC playing conference games to begin the season? That's dumb. This early? Yeah, I was watching my Louisville Cardinal last night on the road at Miami. They throttled them. Five o'clock tonight, you get Wake Forest, uh, Boston College. On, on the ACC network? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. Probably so. All right, well, we're back tomorrow for 15 minutes. Uh, we've got 15 a 15 minutes. minute show tomorrow. We're yep. going to have uh, our buddy Lee Sterling's going to join us uh, for a few minutes as we'll preview the Thursday nighter. It's the Chargers and the Raiders. Mm. Kind of a juicy little nugget there. I'm sure Lee will have some five entertaining games to opine about. Murph and Andy come your way today at two. The Fanatics. At 4, and then tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., a new brand new day of local sports talk will begin with the morning rush. By the way, good for uh, Drake hiring Sean Roberts to do their really cool, uh, really good job. Uh, thanks for joining us, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 K.